We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. TuneIn's or Spotify, and of course, you can check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. And I don't think I even need to ask you guys, but how are we feeling on this fantastic Monday? I know it's it's really tough to come on here and try to be optimistic. The Packers are out here doing absolutely everything they can to ruin their draft pick. It just keeps getting <laughs> lower and lower. like i don't know what to do kyle it's just it's very frustrating devastating is the word i would use to describe it honestly maggie how you doing i don't know i feel like the packers are going to go win the super bowl so i'm fine (laughs) 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 andrew and i are going to be so mad if it's like pick 29 or something (laughs) i don't want to pick 30 that's bull (laughs) 30 seconds Uh, is okay but you know yeah 29 no good the 31st is brutal we don't play for a late first round pick around here. Okay, uh, so uh, the Packers, if you hadn't heard, they traveled to Dallas to take on the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. They got out of the snowy Midwest by some miracle, and miracles did continue at AT&T Stadium. The Packers are the first seven seed to win on Wild Card Weekend. They shocked the Cowboys and the NFL community by putting up 48 points. And just what a fun game, you guys. 48-32, to 32, the final score, after Dallas is able to get some garbage time points there at the end. I think we came in with some high hopes, right, as fans, but probably some realistic expectations for what is a really young football team. And Green Bay absolutely exceeded everything I think we could have hoped for. And so it is a playoff victory Monday, and we're here to talk about it because what else? 
could we possibly rather do? So let's go ahead and get into this one. It's really fun. Yeah, and if you rewind the the mentality of myself and and I think a lot of Packers fandom was kind of like this is just bonus football, and so there's zero pressure on this young team. Let's see how they react. And I think there's one or two ways that you can go. Right, they can come out, they can play really loose, they can do all of the things that have gotten them to the point where they're even in the tournament and put on a really good performance, or they could kind of show us what we expected and, and kind of those downs that we saw throughout the year. Uh, and and certainly, you know, coming into it, what, what a pleasant surprise it was. The Packers took the ball first to start the game, something I always hate. But hey, uh, you know, the, it ended up being a really good thing. That drive did not start off particularly well. Love actually got sacked on second and 10 but an illegal contact on Dallas gave Green Bay a first down, and then Love stands in the pocket. He hits Romeo Dobbs for 22 yards. Yeah, just kind of echoing, Andrew, what you said originally. You know, I, I I really liked the attitude of this Packers team going into Dallas. I think A.J. Dillon was the one that said it, but he basically said, like, we're not just happy to be here. Like, the media, everyone can think, like, oh, this is a young Packers team playing with house money, but the perception from the team was never this is how funny it's no, we can actually go win this football game. So I liked seeing that. And obviously there's a lot more game to talk about, but even on that first drive, it was really apparent Jordan love making his first postseason start in a hostile environment in Dallas. He looked really comfortable. You know, he didn't seem rattled and we're just talking about the first drive at this point and you will continue to talk about the first drive, but he seemed to maintain his poise really early and stood in the pocket. And he just, he was slinging it from minute one of that game. Absolutely. And so this drive continues. Bull Mountain for seven. Aaron Jones picks up another first down. On second and six, Aaron Jones bursts through for a big gain and another another first down. Jones and then a pass to Luke Musgrave for yet another first. And on third and seven, Demarcus Lawrence comes across into the neutral zone. The Packers offensive line jumps and they get that free five yards. And that third and two turns into an Aaron Jones run for a touchdown. Carlson hits the extra point. That ends up being a 12 pip. 12 play, 75 yard, seven minutes and 52 seconds off the clock to start the game. Seven nothing good, guys. Yeah, what a start to this football game. Green Bay has the guts to take the ball and go on offense to start the game, believing that if they can get some points, they can control the pace and they can control the game. And after a few early plays where seemingly they kind of were struggling to move the ball on the ground, it seemed like they were having some trouble in the trenches. Um, that's exactly how they got into the end zone on the ground, on the legs of Aaron Jones, obviously getting the penalty on Lawrence on this drive was helpful, but Tucker craft, I think it's important to like to point this out, Tucker craft, digging the ball out of the dirt on second down to make a catch for a productive play to move them down into scoring position was absolutely huge. Just a total team drive and just the way you dream this game would go and would start as you were sleeping probably on Saturday night. Absolutely. So Dallas gets the ball, and on their first drive, they start with two runs that lead to a third and four. Dak Prescott takes off in a huge scramble in a gap, a gap that was left wide open uh, by kind of a wide rush by Preston Smith. He tried to get upfield, and Dak took advantage of that. A pass to Ferguson, Rico Dowdle leads to a third and eight. CeeDee Lamb across the middle, seemingly breaking free a little bit, has a chance, but it does escape just off his fingertips, and Green Bay ends up getting the stop. 
Yeah, so of course we get the punt here. And before we jump into the Packers drive next, I just want to pause to celebrate Jaden Reed's all-time acting performance on the punt, right? He's back to receive the punt, and he does get run into, but barely. And he has the awareness to absolutely sell it almost seamlessly. A masterful job there. And Green Bay does tack on 15 yards. Just something that makes you smile. It's a fun part of the game when you know, like, this is a rookie who has the awareness to play and to do some things that, like, it was, he was run into, but really sold it, and it really paid off for his team, playing at a level with experience that maybe, you know, his level as a rookie shouldn't warrant. Yeah, and just for clarification, it absolutely does not matter if he got hit or not, because the Dallas player was in his uh, you know, fair catch territory. Sure. But the fact that Reed sells it does probably encourage the official throw flag rather than having just a defender really close to you um, and staying on your feet where where that may not get called. Uh, so the Packers then do get the ball back for their second drive. There's an incomplete shot played to Bo Melton, a short Aaron Jones run that leads to a third and nine. But Love buys all sorts of time on a blitz by the Cowboys. He moves around and finds Dobbs in the middle of the, of, of, uh, the Dallas zone for 26 yards. An Emmanuel Wilson run and a pass a little behind Jaden Reed leads to a third nine. That is an incomplete pass, but a holding on Elton Jenkins would have negated that anyways. The Packers do have to punt, but a really good punt ends up flipping the field position. Yeah, I mean, hindsight being 2020 here, one of the very few punts of the game for the Packers, but still very early on in this one. But it really felt like the Packers are doing a nice job moving the chains early. I know they didn't put up any points in this one, not even three. Um but they were in rhythm, you know, love still looked really comfortable, had a really nice connection to Dobbs all game. And it's funny because it was obviously less. So anytime a running back, not wearing 33 was in the game, but that's to be expected because you can't give 33, 85 touches in a game and expect him to have any, uh, be able to withstand anything. So no points on that second possession there, but they still looked really comfortable. It felt like it was going to be a day that was really hard to rattle this Packers offense. Definitely. And on Dallas's second drive, there's an incomplete deep shot to Brandon Cooks and a run by CeeDee Lamb that sets up third and five. And then Jair absolutely bullies Brandon Cooks and catches the slant for himself. That's an interception. He did get up and run it in for a touchdown, but he was ruled down by contact. Yeah, obviously he gets up. He returns the pick right there. But unfortunately, he made contact with Cooks on the ground. So, you know, he's down. No no disputing that. But I wanted so badly for the score to count right there because this is reaching storybook level stuff, right, from Jair. What a cool moment for him after the injuries and the adversity that he had to learn from this season just to come back for his team on the biggest stage and the biggest moment. What a play for him early in this game. Yeah, and you think that's the the kind of thing you can come back to regret? Like, oh, he's just down. Uh, they don't get the defensive touchdown. Are they going to have to settle for a field goal? But a swing pass to Aaron Jones on first down goes for 13 yards. Jones tries to break a run to the outside, but Kraft has to hold Micah Parsons, and that ends the first quarter. Then That leads to a first and goal from the 16 to start the second. Uh, those usually don't lead to good things for anybody, uh, but Love hits Dobbs on a slant down to the one. Aaron Jones then runs it in for a touchdown. Carlson hits the extra point. It is 14 to nothing. Go Pack Go. Yeah, I jokingly put this on Twitter, but Dallas fans must absolutely have nightmares about Aaron Jones. Like he is the boogeyman. He's under the bed. He's in the closet. <laughs> However you think about, you know, nightmare scenarios, because he 
he didn't necessarily have the best numbers early on the ground. You know, he was getting his dirty yards, but 12 points in the first 16 minutes of the game. You know, we talked about what him having fresh legs in the playoffs would look like, and it looks like two touchdowns in the first 16 minutes of the wildcard round. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's such a monster game from Jones. You can't say enough good things about the way he is playing right now. Uh, Turpin takes the ball out of the end zone on the ensuing kickoff, and Zane Anderson absolutely sticks him at the 14. Cowboys start their their uh, third drive in a hole, but Pollard gets 11 on the first play. Two more Pollard runs lead to a third and three, but Dak is able to find Rio, Rico Dowdle on a check down to just barely pick up the first down. On second and 10, Dak throws it between three Packers to Jake Ferguson. I have absolutely no idea how that ball got through there. Really good throw. <laughs> nice catch by Ferguson. Uh, but it's a 19-yard gain. On third and five, Dak has forever to throw. But no one is open, and Keyshawn Nixon comes in to clean it up for the sack. And then the Packers do get the ball back. This is their fourth drive. Christian Watson gets nine on second and 10. Love play action on third and one and finds Tucker Craft with a really phenomenal catch for the first down. Dobbs finds himself wide open and the catch and run goes for 39 yards. Uh, just another play in the monster day for Dobbs. Aaron Jones was an amazing rush pickup on Michael Parsons on that play. Third and five, Love hits Musgrave on an out route for eight. Third and seven, after two Aaron Jones runs, Love is backpedaling from the blitz. Throws it up, hits Dontavian Wicks perfectly over the defender for 20 in the touchdown. Carlson does doink the extra point, but it is 20 to nothing Packers. Yeah, so there are people to this point who struggled to get on the love bandwagon and to believe in Jordan Love because honestly, I and I think that list is getting pretty short. Don't let me like inflate that because I think a lot of people have bought in at this point. But, you know, over the weeks, there, there were the struggles, right? And people b- struggled to get on the the bandwagon because many of the plays that he's made have been so unbelievable, right? Like they're these off platform throws, really impressive stuff without his feet touching the ground and crazy stuff. And it's reasonable to wonder if that's actually sustainable. So I think that's where some of the caution came like, okay, like he pulled off this amazing throw, but can he do it again? But he just keeps doing it. And it's really amazing. And when you can do something over and over and over again, it becomes that much more reasonable to believe that it's real, right? Because it's repeatable, and I think that that's what's incredible is Jordan just keeps doing it, and I think that that lends you to believe that, like, this is who he is, and this isn't the exception to the rule. And it was really fun to just watch him do it again in the playoffs here. Yeah, and I was talking with my brother this week about the absolute torrent stretch by Jordan Love, and not even including this game. And what I said was, I think the really cool thing to think about is there's still things he can improve on, right? We, yeah, we yeah, see yeah. him sometimes have the opportunity to step up and not throw it off his back foot. When he has to, he has that tool in his belt, right. but he doesn't always have to. Today, there there's one we'll talk about later that he just kind of lobbed up, and I don't think he needed to. Um, but when you have that club in your bag and you can mm-hmm. use it, that's great. But yeah. future things to get even better than what he's playing at right now, which is pretty amazing. Anyways, we're getting to the end of the first half. The Cowboys get the ball back. It's three minutes and 23 seconds in the half. There's a short catch to Brandon Cooks on third and one to pick up the first. 16 yards to Michael Gallup, and then eight to Lamb. That is the two-minute warning. Dak, first play after the two-minute warning, drives back to pass. Darnell Savage steps in front of a CD Lamb slant. Dak never looked off of Lamb. And that leads to a pick six. Carlson makes the extra point, And this time uh, it is 27 to nothing Green Bay. I mean, 
obviously Darnell Savage is the playoff hero that we all expected and anticipated going into this game, right? But 27 first half points. I mean, this is everything that Packers fans could have hoped for at this point in the game. And Darnell Savage is your hero. It's just crazy. And it's it's interesting, isn't it? Like Savage has kind of quietly been the guy who has come back in this lineup as the defense has started to play better. Um, and then yeah. it's really cool to see him get that retribution story of the huge play right there. But Turpin does get a huge return on the kickoff and the Cowboys are able to start at the 45 yard line. A minute 45 left Pollard on a short catch, but the Cowboys get 15 yards on a phantom horse collar call against Quay Walker. Really interesting that the, you know, officials up in the booth can sort of radio down and correct a certain call. But on some of these penalties that are super obvious, they don't have that ability. But whatever. Uh, Third and one, a curl route to Cooks picks it up. Dak scrambles on another third and one. But the clock is down to 20 seconds. Dak throws one over the middle. Devondre Campbell has it right in his hands, but is not able to secure the interception in the end zone. C.D. Lamb then catches the ball short of the end zone, but an illegal contact on Keyshawn Nixon stops the clock. The Cowboys go for it with two seconds left, and a nicely designed play-action pass gets Jake Ferguson wide open for the touchdown. That does change the lead to 27-7 at halftime. Yeah, I know for a lot of Packer fans, it was kind of unnerving that the Cowboys got the ball to start the second half, but it was a very nice performance, you know, truth be told, from that defense in the first half. And even seven didn't seem to swing the momentum at that point. It kind of just felt like it was out of necessity for Dallas. And, you know, of course, that would change if the Cowboys were able to come out and double up um, coming back from the half. But I thought that the illegal contact and the clock stoppage, you know, was eh. Campbell had the dropped interception to give the Cowboys additional opportunities, but the defense I thought held up and it felt like if it felt like another turnover would be coming from them in the second half. And I just did wanted to add here really quick before we switch to the second half that in his first half of play off football, Jordan Love went 13 of 16 for 185 yards, one touchdown and a 135.7 passer rating. So the lights absolutely were not too bright. The moment was not too big. Making your first postseason start on the road against a team that has a 16-game winning streak at home. And it was just some really, really nice football from number 10 in his first half of playoff action. Yeah, so we come back in the second half. The Cowboys are going to get the ball first. They have a little momentum going into halftime, and I think it's natural as Packers fans start getting nervous at this point. Uh, And a quick 13-yard gain to Lamb to start the drive. Kenny Clark gets the sack on third and two, but somehow sticks his hand into Dak's face mask, and the Cowboys get the automatic first plus 15 more. Uh, They might have gone for it on fourth down anyways, but uh, certainly that was disadvantaged disadvantageous uh, another first to lamb but the drive stalls out and dallas has to settle for three on a 12th place 60 yard drive it is 27 to 10 green bay yeah holding them to three was big there because now you're still keeping it a three score game with that 17 point lead and boy i thought the packers did a really nice job bringing some different pressure looks and rashawn gary just felt so due for something and you know, spoiler alert, didn't end up really happening for him in the rest of the game, but he had gotten so close. And I know we talk on this very show that sacks aren't always the only metric for a reliable rusher, but he's been so close a handful of times in this game. And he just brought a ton of pressure, a ton of pressure from all over. So really relentless in the way that he was 
was pursuing Dak and making him uncomfortable. So just felt like he was really ready to make something happen for the defense. Yeah, so the Packers are up 17, but it still felt like they needed a response. Two Aaron Jones runs for a first down on their first drive of the second half, and then Jordan Love nearly gets tackled by Aaron Jones trying to get the block before the play action was completely finished. But it turns into a gain of 46 yards, so even the really bad stuff is going the Packers' way. Aaron Jones gets eight, and then he explodes for a nine-yard touchdown. The Packers only need two minutes and 45 seconds to go 75 plays or 75 yards on five plays correction. <laughs> uh, Carlson does hit this extra point. It is 34 to 10. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, friends. I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found game time. Game time is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Oh, GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code PACKADAY. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, this was the drive, right? Like, Dallas was able to get some momentum going into the second half. They were able to get points there, even if it was just three. So they'd cut that lead down to 17. Still comfortable, right? Like, if you told the fans that they we were up 17 you'd be happy right but definitely something that Dallas could overcome so you start to get nervous naturally and to go down the field hit that big play to Dobbs and then capitalize and cash in for six it was a statement drive that this team absolutely needed and as we get further into the show like absolutely needed when things came to you know the end of the game and you could see it on McCarthy's face at the time when they scored this touchdown like he he knew that another score going down 24 again at this point in the game 
that was going to be tough to chase, even with the little bit of success that they found coming out of the half as as the Cowboys. So this drive to me was the one that kind of sealed it for the Packers a little bit earlier than maybe maybe it felt like later in this game. Yeah, and pretty much every drive from here on out is going to be a must-have touchdown drive for the Cowboys. And on this one, there's a first down run for eight, and then Isaiah McDuffie is injured. Not great. Uh, Second down conversion to Lamb, but then a 42-yard explosion to Michael Gallup, an eight-yard completion to Lamb, and on that play, Jair is injured. Yeah, it's really selfish at this point, point. we're still talking about like winning a playoff game to think about what a defense looks like with injuries, but... I've really been a big fan of Isaiah McDuffie this season. And, you know, we'll talk about the offseason plenty and draft needs and things. But I would love to see him come back to Green Bay for another year. Um, And so you're talking about Isaiah McDuffie getting injured at one point. Then Jair Alexander with the ankle that we weren't sure if he was going to play today was able to play and then injures that same ankle that had been, you know, injured in practice earlier this week. So losing some key players and some key moments for the Packers starts to make you a little bit nervous when you think about potentially going into the divisional round of the playoffs. So really unfortunate to see that happen, but hoping that there's some good news on the injury front for both of those guys a little later. Yeah, absolutely. So after the injury, the Cowboys pick up a few more first downs and then Tony Pollard runs it in for a touchdown. Dallas goes for two. The try is good to Ferguson, but two penalties on Dallas bring it back. And then they kick the extra point and have to go 10 yards back from that. Uh, and it doinks no good. It, it's it's kind of hard to complain about having an 18-point lead in the playoff game at this point. But if you're going to play soft and bend but don't break, you just can't give up an 11-play 88-yard drive that only takes off three minutes and 35 seconds. Like, you have to make yeah. the Cowboys work a little bit harder than that. Um, you have to make them take more time off the clock. Yeah, at this point in the game and the situation of the game, you're watching that clock as much as you're watching the play on the field, honestly, as a fan. And maybe that's not healthy or not like what you should be doing. But you, you had that lead and you just want to see those seconds tick off the clock. And it wasn't really happening at the pace that you wanted. Uh, you were really starting to feel a little uneasy about how quickly they scored and the fact that the Cowboys still had 18 minutes left across two quarters to get back into this thing. But uh, let's not, you know, dwell on this spot too long. Andrew, tell the good people what happened on the next drive. Yeah, and the pressure is back on Green Bay, and you figure, like, at some point, this young team, this quarterback in his first ever playoff start is going to succumb to that pressure. Uh, But they start with a 10-yard Aaron Jones scamper, then a 27-yard run by Jones on uh, what was a play change by Jordan Love. He saw what the Cowboys were doing, that the box was too light. Really great job there by both. Really great blocking, a play action, and then Luke Musgrave gets absolutely dropped on the wheel route. Love just lost it up, and 38 yards later, the Packers are up 41-16. to 16. Three plays, 75 yards. Just wow. Kyle and I talked about this last week against the Bears, but we always have the show doc up live so we can kind of make notes and make changes as it happens. And it's really funny, you know, to just watch these show docs develop. Last week, we talked about some questionable calls, maybe against the Packers or things that we thought would get overturned and didn't. And then as we watch this show doc unfold, you can really just see the exact moment that all of us gave up completely on our updates in the fourth quarter. You know, it went from biting our nails to 
to wondering like, oh boy, here's hoping Green Bay can stay in this thing too. Let's trot out Sean Clifford and see how this team <laughs> does in San Fran next week. So just kind of a really surreal transition right about here in the show doc for us. <laughs> yep, we are uh, about 24 minutes into the show and uh, that was the first three quarters. Uh, <laughs> the last play of the third quarter, in fact, it was a fourth and five. Dak has to just lop it up due to pressure and it is incomplete. Um, and all I have written for the fourth quarter, the Packers take the ball 40 yards on eight plays. They take four minutes and 37 uh, seconds off the clock. They go for it on fourth down and Robio Dobbs gets a touchdown. It is 48 to 16 at that point. Yeah, the Cowboys get a couple of late touchdowns. It was not as close as Greg Olson was trying to make it feel. Uh, both of those touchdowns <laughs> go to Jake Ferguson. The Packers were playing their subs most of that time, playing soft coverage. They did, not in, they did end up having to put their first stringers back in for a little bit because they did get down to a two-score game, but really never in doubt and uh, quite the performance. Uh, and what we always do after we summarize the game is talk about the key players and the key plays. So let's kick it off with the key players of the game. Maggie, who you got? Yeah, since you guys let me go first, I guess I'll say Jordan Love. I mean, <laughs> holy cow, it was Jordan Love. I mean, he literally had a perfect passer rating up until that final drive when he had to come back in and threw an incomplete pass. But <laughs> is what it is, 16 of 21 for 272 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And we, you know, we knew that Jordan Love was going to have to play well for the Packers to have a chance, especially on the road. But a near-perfect passer rating, 157.2 on the road, first postseason start, all the things we talked about against an offense that was averaging 37.4 points per game at home. I mean, obviously he didn't go toe-to-toe with the offense, but he blew the Cowboys' offense out of the water. And to the point where we talked about it, Sean Clifford came in for a series and you know, it's it's unfortunate that he had to come in there at that last stretch and ruin that perfect passer rating because it truly you know, it would have been the first time that a quarterback making their first postseason start put up a perfect passer rating. So it would have been cool to see him finish that way. But you you truly could not have asked for a better performance for such a young quarterback leading a young offense in an away game in the postseason. I did not realize that that messed that up. And that is very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but 272 yards on 16 completions <laughs> is stupid. Like that is <laughs> that is the kind of stuff that we joke about getting Joe Barry fired for. And I mean, like Jordan Love doing that to a Dallas defense that like I mean, we're we're a couple weeks into this now where like we were told that the Vikings defense was going to be really really challenging for Jordan Love. We were told that the Bears defense was playing the best football that they were playing all year. And then to go to Dallas and do what he did today against that defense, it's just it's incredible. And I think we're to the place now where we can stop just being fans and hoping that it's true. And we can actually say, like, he's doing some incredible things on the football field. So absolutely a very, very appropriate um pick for your player there i'm gonna go with aaron jones here for mine and this was a toss-up for me you could easily convince me that it should be romeo dobbs who kind of he kind of taken a backseat to wicks and reed the last couple weeks but um on the big stage he was a first down and a big play machine the entire game so you could convince me of that 
I am going to say, if, if I have to choose, though, I am going to go Aaron Jones here because he just seems to be the dynamic linchpin to this offense. And there were a couple drives in the third quarter and even into the fourth quarter where he ripped off a couple big runs and sustained drives that really kept Dallas off the field when things were starting to work a little bit for Dallas against that soft Packers defense. Um, so just a, a good player and the offense is better when Aaron Jones is on the field. It's so obvious to see that. And he's really, you know, a player that has had a lot of success against the Cowboys over the years too. So a really, really fun performance from Aaron Jones and really cool to see him come out and be such a dynamic piece for this offense today. Yeah, I'm going to cheat as I often do. And Maggie opened up the gates for us to pick coaches a few <laughs> weeks back. And uh, for me, it's hard to imagine putting together a game plan that would be any more successful against what was a really good defense all year. Matt LaFleur with an absolute master class, tied for the most points in, in Packers playoff history. And my goodness, that offense looked unstoppable. And yeah, Jordan Love's playing great. Yeah, this offensive line's playing great. Yeah, Aaron Jones is playing great. Like, all of those things are true, but a lot of that is the design of the offense. And like, sometimes they're just scheming players so wide open yeah. They seem to always be in the right blitz pickup. Like th this has been phenomenal. What a great stretch. And so kudos all around. I just wanted to give Matt LaFleur a shout out. Yeah, so those are our key players and or play callers of the game. Let's <laughs> talk about our key plays of the game. Andrew, who you got? Yeah, for me, it was the Darnell Savage pick six. I always have to remind myself that these huge blowouts often just have a few things going one direction that take what would have been or could have been a close game and make it a blowout. It's not like the Packers are crushing this game all throughout. And as fans, we feel really comfortable the whole time. But that Savage pick six had shades of Tremont Williams against Atlanta in 2010. I know the Cowboys came back and scored right before halftime, but that changed the way the game felt completely and really gave Green Bay the cushion they needed to feel comfortable the rest of the way. Yeah, Dallas got some body blows in the second half, but never really got close enough for the young Packers team to feel too much pressure. So I, I felt like that was a huge play in separating this game. Yeah, so I'm going to stay with uh, the interception trend here, and I'm going to go with the Jair Alexander pick. And uh, like I said earlier, I wanted so badly for the touchdown at the end of this play to count because that was it just felt like it should. Perfect play. But this interception wasn't a gift from the quarterback, right? This was a turnover that Alexander manufactured on his own. He created the play. And Jair's Alex, his situa situation has been an interesting one to follow this season, right? It's not been the smoothest path for him this season. But playing through an injury, toughing it out to be on the field long enough to make a dynamic play like this that really did shift momentum and allow Green Bay to go up 14 early in this game was absolutely huge. So wanted to give him credit and I made a game time decision to wear the Jair Alexander Jersey today after kind of like leaving it hanging there in the closet for a while. Cause like, hey, things have been a little bit like rough uh, lately, but he showed up when it counted and you can tell he's excited to play for this team right now. And that's really exciting considering that this team is continuing um, on, on a playoff push right now. 
Yeah, I'm glad that you gave yourself jersey credit because I'm also wearing a Romeo Dobbs jersey. Hey, and that's one of the players that I want to talk about here. Um, this one didn't result in points per se, but I'm going to say the opening completion of Romeo Dobbs for the 22-yarder right in the middle of the field. The Packers finished that drive with seven points, and they never gave up the lead. So it just really felt like that love to Dobbs connection was was you know kindling they were on the same page all game and Dobbs was able to move the chains in some really big moments to sustain drives and keep burning the clock he finished the day with six receptions for 151 yards and a touchdown so every week it feels like we highlight a new receiver whether that be Bo Melton Malik Keith Jaden Reed Dontavian Wicks so this was the Dobbs game for sure in the wild card round um, before we wrap, looking at injuries here quickly, Andy Herman had tweeted kind of the four names to keep an eye on. Quay Walker had left at one point, JJ Anigbari, Isaiah McDuffie we talked about, and then Jair Alexander. Uh, post-game, Jair looked pretty good. You know, no real updates on that. No updates really on Walker or McDuffie either, but Matt LaFleur did say post-game that his heart hurt for JJ Anigbari, and it didn't look too good there, so we'll see what that means. But probably the Packers will be without one of their edge rushers next week. Everyone else likely to be questionable at this point. Yes, so that leads us to looking forward to next week and this matchup against the 49ers. Somebody had called me out on Twitter saying that they were really excited for the Packers to win so that they could hear me talk about George Kittle. And for those of you who aren't familiar in past years leading up to the matchup, uh, whatever matchup the Packers would have in the playoffs, uh, I would always give an ode and, and some shout outs to the other team so that everybody knows that they have credit. And of course, Packers and 49ers played multiple times in the playoffs since we've been doing this. And so since we don't do the Friday shows anymore and we're not going to be on before the Packers play next, I thought I would just give my very short preview and then you can all tune in to the Packer Day podcast the rest of the week to really get ready for this 49ers matchup. But certainly, this is a juggernaut of a team. The 49ers have an unstoppable offense led by a total noodle-armed 13-year-old at quarterback. They have the best running back in the league who historically had ligaments made of string cheese, but likely sold his soul to finally have one healthy season. Don't forget, they have the dirtiest tight end in the league in George Kittle. And I mean that quite literally. Uh, Kittle, of course, can't play if it happens to rain in San Francisco next weekend because water touching his body would set off what I can only assume is a very serious allergic reaction. Uh, The 49ers also have one of the best defenses in the entire league. It's led, uh, the team is led by Captain Nepotism as their head coach, who anyone desperate to get hired would tell you is one of the best coaches in the league. Despite the incredibly small logo he wears on his flat brimmed cap in all situations. But in, in all seriousness, this is a colossal test where the Packers have zero pressure at all and can come out and try to shock the world for a second week in a row. So really looking uh, forward to this one, another week of prep. Hey, the season's still alive, so that's exciting. I'm just laughing, and Maggie's just shaking her head. So this is, uh, the tradition <laughs> is alive, and we get one more week against the 49ers just to 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 revel in this uh in whatever this is that you do <laughs> i didn't know this was a tra- this is my first time oh maggie hearing about this tradition so oh, okay. this was a baptism by fire i don't know how oh, i feel yeah. about it 
It gets better bury- slash worse, depending on how you look <laughs> yeah, at it. Yeah, <laughs> I bury it at the end of the show, so I don't get yelled at. But that is all the time that we have for today. What an incredible run this has been. Please stay tuned. Check out the rest of the uh, audio podcast, as well as Andy on YouTube the rest of this week to get you ready for the divisional round matchup. Uh, but this has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And also check out Pax What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. You can send all your complaints about the previous rant to at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to the Packaday Podcast and consider giving us a five-star review. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Monday. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of the Packers' divisional matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.